Well, we're glad you're here. We do have uh, two people going to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, so please stay after the preaching today, and we will uh, open up the baptistry, and, and uh, you back, Nate? Nate wrote me a message. He gave it to me on Wednesday night, and he, uh, he thanked me for the message I preached a few weeks ago about being in the boat with Jesus. I didn't even know he was here listening to the service, but he obviously was paying attention. And uh, even I didn't remember the sermon. And uh, his letter reminded me of the message. So I'm going to keep those things. And uh, I appreciate the letter, Nate. <laughs> and, uh, and man, we, we can be in the boat with Jesus, amen, when he comes for us. I'd like you to take, again, First John in your Bible this morning. And uh, again, we were... Respectful of the hour, we realize it's preaching, and then we want to have the baptism. We want to get you all home at a decent time, and and so it's, we've got a lot to do. And uh, letting folks get in right now, they're coming up in and getting settled in. First John, that's near the back of your Bible. I remember when I was a kid, and they started, you know, turn to John. It's like which one, and so I <laughs> get confused, and so it wasn't until. I learned later on the preacher will let you know it's John's gospel or first, second, third John and kind of so turn to John and you're like first John like this ain't making sense what's he talking about here so all right brother Carlos is back there they're coming up slowly but surely God bless him all right we're in here in 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 first John let's read verse number one that which we that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands and have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Father, thank you for the word of God. Bless us this morning. It's been a good day. The songs have been sung. The, 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 the people have fellowshiped and we're glad we can be here. And bless the word now. Bless all the departments that are teaching from downstairs to next door. And may our hearts be encouraged here in this service. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done. We thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, that we go in with the crowd that's saved by grace. In fact, that's the only crowd that's going in is the crowd that's saved by grace. And we thank you for mercy that reaches down out of heaven and saves wicked and vile sinners and transforms them into children of light. Bless us now and encourage us and challenge us by your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As John is writing this gospel, not gospel, as John is writing this epistle to the church trying to encourage the saints of God, 
as they are dealing with false teachings and, and, and false theology is the teaching of Gnosticism. And Gnosticism, again, has various forms, but its main teaching is that Jesus Christ cannot be God manifested in the flesh. Since all flesh is evil, God cannot put upon himself flesh. And we know from Scripture that God did manifest himself in flesh, that he is Emmanuel, he is God with us. Jesus Christ uh, came, he is the eternal word of God who, who has put upon himself. John says in chapter number 1, of verse, verse number 14 of John's gospel, he says, and the flesh, uh, and, the, and the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so Christ, who is God, manifested in the flesh. And John is now encouraging these, this church and the saints here in the person of Jesus Christ. He talks about his manifestation where he says in verse number one, that which we have heard, that we, from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, we've looked upon with our hands and handled the word of life. Now he talks about from the beginning. The beginning what? The beginning of, 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 of Bethlehem? No, the beginning of creation. The beginning of creation. Uh, what he is referring to here. This contrast he sees in John chapter number 1. Verse 1 says that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. It goes all the way back to, to time. The beginning of time as we know it and understand it. Now, God is not bound by time, but God created time, and, and time as we know it started when God spoke and the worlds and, and universe came into existence. That's time, but God is not bound by that. But in that beginning, there was God, there was, there was this eternal word. Christ was existent at that time. He always has been existent. Now he's proving this. He says, we want you to know that you can believe what we're saying. We want you to understand. And, uh, and he uses his eyewitness account uh, uh, in telling this story. He talks about how, first of all, that which we have, uh, uh, we have heard, that which we have seen with our eyes, that which we have uh, looked upon and our hands have handled the word of life. And so John incorporates here into proving his story and, and proving his point of who Christ is. He says, I want you to know I, I was there and not only did I uh, hear the message, my ears picked it up, but that my eyes beheld him, I actually saw him and that I actually touched the, 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 the man himself. We know of one specific episode where at the Last Supper where the John laid his head upon the breast of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he, he knew him, he heard him, he saw him, he touched him. He was there for all of these things. The proof that John has is overwhelming and how he's relaying this story. But again, we do not rely upon eyewitness accounts. Eyewitness accounts can always be a little fuzzy. Uh, if we saw there was an accident in the middle of this intersection, there's one every week, and we all were on of the four corners, all of us would tell a different version of that story because we're all seeing it from a different angle. So John incorporates his eyewitness account, but then he's also going to incorporate Scripture. This is the inspired Word of God. And our belief is based upon the Word of God, not so much upon what somebody may tell us or an eyewitness account. One of the names for Christ which John gives to him is the, the Word. Notice there at the end of verse number 1, he calls him, and as the word Word is capitalized. And John, through the Holy Spirit of God, uses that 
word, word, all the time in his gospel and now in his epistle. That Jesus Christ is the word of God. That's why it's important as Christians that you do not discredit or try to disprove the Bible. Because this book, my friend, is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the word. This book is him. They're forever intertwined. He is the eternal word. The words we have here in this book are the words of God. And men who who don't believe that simply don't know him. Christ is the Word. The Word gives life to man. The Bible says, in him was life. Life. Now, we all have life this morning. We're all alive. We're all up and moving. Thank God for life. It's a precious gift. Never despise life. It's a sad thing when a man gets so despondent and so discouraged that he wishes to take his own life. Nothing sadder than that. Life is a gift from God. Value it. Enjoy it. And and, and enjoy life. It's a wonderful creation out there. Too many Christians always discouraged about how bad it is, but it's, just, it's, it's still good things out there. And, and it's a lot of blessings out there. Enjoy it. But Christ has come to give us life, but not just this physical life, but eternal life. A life that will extend beyond these planes. A life that will go on after this globe ceases to exist. We will still exist. We will always have this existence. We will always be there. He said in John chapter number 10, I've come that you may have life, may have it, what more? Abundantly. And so, though Christ is human, this does not take away his ability to give us eternal life. Now John goes on to proclaiming this message here, and he, he talks about this, and he gives, again, he gives his eyewitness account of all that took place. And we jump to verse number 3. Where he says, this which we have seen and heard we declare unto you. Again, backing up. That ye may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. John is letting us know, and he's letting these believers know, who are being infiltrated with Gnosticism, that understanding you can have fellowship with him. You don't have to be like me. I, I'm blessed, he's saying. I, I, had the, I was there. I got to see him. You did not get to see him. You never heard his voice. You never uh, saw him do things. You never physically touched him. But I want you to know that you still can have fellowship with us. You're still, I'm not special, he's saying. And that you are not allowed into my group of circle because I got to see that. No, he says, you can have fellowship with us because you have believed upon him. I've seen him and believed, but you've never seen him and yet you have believed. And so that gives you access to this fellowship. And what a wonderful message that we have that that we have this proclamation that there's a man who saw these things, but now others can have this fellowship as, as well. The purpose of declaring the message was that the spiritual benefit of the listener is, is there for all. All people can benefit from this. All people can have Christ. And that's what we want people to have. We want people to, to have Jesus Christ. 
It's not saying, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a Baptist or I'm this or I'm that. It's a, I'm a Christian because I have believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the primary fellowship and the benefit was that we have fellowship with who? We have fellowship with the Father. And we have fellowship with the Son. You know, it's a great privilege to pray for people. The, the, the ministry of intercessory prayer is one that too many Christians negate or they don't think it's important. But my friend, you, fellowshipping with God and talking with God and going before His presence, have the ability to say, Now, Father, I have a friend, and my friend has a great need. And relaying that message, I get text messages, I get phone calls, can you please pray? And, and, and never apologize to somebody when you say, I'm sorry, all I can do is pray. Well, what do you mean by that? Do you understand how, 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 how a horrible statement that is? That is the greatest thing you can do, is go before the presence of God because you have fellowship with the Father. You know, if you went down to Washington yesterday and you met the president, uh, no doubt you'd be here today telling us, I met the president yesterday. You would remember that. The president wouldn't remember it, but you would remember it. All right? The, you would remember it. Hey, man, you know? Uh, you, and so we have this, and, we, and if you had a chance to meet the president, you'd say, and if he said, hey, what do you need? You'd probably, hey, I remember years ago, my sons were playing baseball, and, and I was in the score booth. They needed somebody. To, I was running the score booth. Another guy came up there, and we're talking. He says he worked for the town. I said, oh, yeah, what, what do you do? He said, oh, I'm in charge of the tree department. I said, that's good. And I said, you know what? I got a tree in front of my house. I got branches falling off. I've called several times, and, and nothing ever happened. I got branches falling off, landing in the street. One landed on my step the other day. This tree was dying in front of my house. I said, uh, maybe, you know, just make a note of that, maybe tomorrow, and, and put, see what, you know, about two weeks later they came and the tree was down. I got, I, I knew somebody, amen, I fellowshiped with somebody who, who had connections, and that dead tree got taken care of because I knew somebody. Well, I know God. You have a need. And if I'm right with God, and I'm, as we'll see, I'm walking with God, I can say, Father, my friend, Brother Dave, he's got a pinched nerve in his spine. Unpinch it. <laughs> Unpinch it. I don't know how spine works. It's complex back there. God put a lot of things in that little stuff. It's an amazing, amazing instrument. We can pray. When somebody called me yesterday, please pray. I, 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 possibly, and good chance, I have stage four pancreatic cancer. We'll pray about that. We'll pray about that. That's all I can do. That's not good, is it? That's the greatest thing I can do, is go before God. We have this fellowship with the Father. We have this fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. And my friend, what a, what a privilege it is to have this fellowship, to sit and communion and sit around the table, so to speak, 
with God the Father and, and God the Son. And, and, and then there's John over there and, and all these other people. I have this fellowship that we can commune with one another. And I'm not talking to John. I'm not praying to John. Don't ever pray to anybody except God. Don't misunderstand me. But we have this fellowship one with another. That, that we have this bond in Christ. And that our joy, he says in verse number 4, our joy may be full. And true joy comes from hearing about Jesus Christ. The flesh cannot comprehend this joy, however. The only joy the flesh knows is the joy that appeals to the appetite of the flesh. And the whole world is spending its time trying to find joy in satisfying its flesh. In the pleasure of this world and its money and its, and its things and its, and its places. And, and if we can just go here and, and go there and, and see this and, and see that. Thank God. For, it's a wonderful creation, my friend. But at the end of the day... You know, we flew to Hawaii years ago. What a wow! We're landing in Hawaii. This is exciting. I'm seeing Hawaii. My whole life, I've wanted to see Hawaii. Then we flew back. Wow! We're landing in Newark. Wow! How 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 exciting! And it was like overcast and dark. And like we went from oh, to, look, there's Newark, and we're back and. So as much joy as there was in Hawaii, the reality is you, you get back to life, amen? And it's, it's not to put down our area, it's home, amen? You still get better food here than you can get in Hawaii. You're limited down. You can't get a pizza in Hawaii, I'm letting you know, okay? You just, you just can't. You can't get a bagel and you can't get a decent steak. They always want to put some kind of sauce on it and, 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 and Hawaiian it up. I don't want a coconut pizza, I'm sorry, all right? And so it, it's a blessing, but it's, it's still... But my point is, is life has its joys, but if that's all we're having, then it, they do fade. They do fade. We do have to eventually land back in Newark <laughs> and get back to the business of life and dealing with the things of life. The time is over, but real joy comes from knowing Christ and having Him, that your joy may be full. And the world has nothing to compare with the most satisfactory joy uh, of knowing Him. He goes on in these verses, and this is where we want to help us this morning in the time that we have. He says, this is the message, verse 5, which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. We need to understand the fact that God is light. Light in its absolute purity. Light in its absolute perfection. We have lights in these buildings. We have several different kind of light fixtures in here all trying to illuminate this building the best possible way it can but there is no light greater than the the, the, the natural light the light of the sun is the best light we can possibly have we we used to have windows in here that had a yellow tint to them and we removed them and put the new windows in. i was amazed at how much brighter the church looked you can't appreciate it until you remember how dark it was with those yellow lights it, it brightened it up uh, uh, so much more so light exposes things it exposes all the stains on the carpet from all the food you've spilt all over throughout all the fellowships through the years amen all the, the all the crushed lasagna and the and the and the, the, the chopped up empanadas and the and the and the and the and the brisket and the and the, and the hot dogs are, live amongst us in the carpet stains. The lights expose those things. We see that if we were one of those mega churches where we lived in the back cave and, and there's just one light on me, we wouldn't see all of those things. 
But since we like to be biblical and put lights in the building and everybody see what the Bible has to say, we can also see the carpet. Although it's been cleaned a hundred times, some of these things just are not coming out. We've, we've done a good job in eating in this place, amen? And our carpet bears evidence of it. Now understand something. God is light. God is absolute holiness. God is absolute perfection. Uh, he... There is a glow that comes from Almighty God. When we see angels, angels glow. Why do angels glow when they're pictured? Because they absorb the the light that they got from God. Moses, when he met God, they had to put a veil over his face because he was glowing. Where did that glowing come from? Because he was in the presence of God. My friend, the the moon has no, no light in it. The moon is just a rock out there in outer space. So stop talking to it and asking it to help the, that guy fall in love with you. It's a rock. Right? It has no control over anybody's emotions. It's a rock. Now, you can walk along a sandy beach on a summer night and have the moon up there, and, but it, the moon is not doing anything for you. There's no stardust coming down and, and helping somebody fall in love with you. That's up to you, by the way. You'd be a nice person. Somebody will probably fall in love with you. You'd be mean and nasty. Nobody's going to fall in love with you. Now, that being said, I shouldn't have said that, but I said it. That being said, the moon is just a rock. It glows because of what it gets from the sun. It's reflecting that. My friend, we as Christians are to reflect the light of Almighty God, but God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. You ever see that little symbol? People Now, if you're wearing it today, please hide it, because so, I haven't seen anybody. So if, you, if you're wearing it, hide it, because I'm going to talk about you. That little symbol people wear, that little yin-yang symbol, it's a half black, half white symbol. And what that means is in every, in every evil, there's some good, and in every, in every uh, good, there's some evil. That's what that means. That's not, that's not right. That's not right. Because God, there is no darkness at all. So that symbol is not true. Because in God, there is no evil. There is no darkness at all. God is perfect, pure holiness. We can't comprehend that because all we know is sin. All we know is uh, the temptation for it. But in God's absolute, pure holiness, God doesn't even comprehend or even think about sinning. We may not sin, but we think about it. We may have, you may entertain some crazy thoughts in your time. Hmm, I wonder if I could rob that bank. I can, you know, walk up, there's nobody in this place. I can, you, know, you have these crazy thoughts. Or other crazy thoughts may pop into your head. You entertain some weird thoughts. It's a good thing we can't read each other's minds, amen? Nobody in this place, we all hate each other. I remember an episode of Gilligan's Island where they had seeds and there was something, I forget what it was. They found this bush and you can eat the seeds off this bush. This is a high-class show. And, uh, very, and they ate these seeds and they could read each other's minds on the island. If Gilligan, if I, listen, if I was on that island, Gilligan could read my mind. The first thought was that we have to kill Gilligan and then we'd be off this island in five minutes. Amen? <laughs> and so they, had the, they were able to, so they burned the bush at the end because it's bad to read each other's minds. But Our minds can think the most evil of things. God does not do that. He is pure holiness. So God is pure. God's holy. And then there's you and I. And God wants us to have fellowship with him. God wants to talk with him. He says in verse 6, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Nobody, no Christian. Now listen, you can be a Christian in sin. 
it, it, it doesn't make you a good Christian, but you're still a Christian. The idea of fellowship, is, he's talking about here, is the idea that you can walk and talk and, and have sweet communion and fellowship one with another. I know when my wife is happy. I know when my wife is upset. She also knows me. She likes to look at my face every now and then to see what's going on because she says she can read my... Listen, I'm not a poker player. I, if I, if I don't play poker. I don't, it's a gambling. It's sin. But if I was there at a table and I had you know, four aces, it would be all over my face. I got nothing. And so, yeah, everybody, I fold. And the whole table, everybody's out of the game. Um, just, it just wouldn't be me. So my wife can read my, and every now and then I'll know my wife. I know when my wife's happy. I know when she's upset. Those blue eyes of hers light up when she's not happy. And I go, oh, no, here we go. What did I do now? I had to figure out, retrace my steps. What did I do that made her angry? And... Uh, as hard as you may find it to believe, but every now and then I make her angry. The woman's been blessed beyond imagination to be living with me, but every now and then I do something that aggravates her. And I can't walk and say, hey, sweetheart, how you doing? And mm-hmm. It's like, it's cold in here. <laughs> and she's upset, and so our fellowship is not there. And so I had to figure out what I did wrong and, uh, and, 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 and fix it and make it right and, and then get a lecture and then we can move forward. Amen? <laughs> Women don't look at me. You all do the same. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about time. And, and then you know, you lace it and the guy just, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> you go on from there. And, uh, and when she does something wrong, she says, I'm sorry. I say, it's okay, sweetheart. It's all good. And we, we go on. That's it. That's it. We're good. We're good. Men and women are different, and God made us that way. Praise the Lord. We have fellowship with Him. If we say we have fellowship and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. You cannot be openly sinning against God and say that you have fellowship with Him. You're not. Your fellowship, now your, your Christianity is still intact, but your fellowship has been broken. The ability to communicate and get your prayers answered. If you're living open... Listen, was David having fellowship with God when he was on the, on the roof that night looking down upon Bathsheba. He was not. Was David in fellowship with God when David was in the act of committing his adulterous relationship? He was not. Was David in fellowship with God when David was planning the death of Uriah the Hittite? No, he was not. He was out of fellowship with God. It wasn't until the preacher came in and stuck his finger in his face and said, Thou art the man, when David fell on his face and cried out to God and said, Have mercy upon me, O God. Be merciful to me, a sinner. And then David's fellowship was restored with God. But if we're walking in sin, we can't walk with God. It's, it's two different things. One is darkness and one is light. And we have been told and commanded that we're to walk in this light with Jesus Christ. And not to be sinning. He says in verse 7, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. When I have confessed my sin and, and I'm walking with Him, I, I, I commune with Him. The song says, And He walks with me and He talks with me and He tells me I am His own and the joy we share as we tarry there. None other has ever known. I have fellowship with Him. But when my sin, my fellowship is broken, I say, God... God, God, Lord, 
Where are you, Lord? And then I'm reminded by my blessed friend who lives within, Matt, you've been doing some things you shouldn't be doing. Maybe you need to confess those, Matt. And I bow my head and I say, oh, Father, <laughs> I'm such a wretched sinner. I'm such a miserable Christian so often. Please forgive me for what I've done and, and restore our fellowship that I may commune with you once more. Because he says there in verse number 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's the blood of Christ that cleanses us, my friend. Not my repentance that cleanses me, but his blood that cleanses me. And he says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Very few people will ever say they do not sin. But I've met a handful of people from time to time who think they have never done anything wrong. Always a scary bunch that thinks they've never done anything wrong. My friend, we all do wrong. Every day we do wrong. I've joked before in the past, if you drive in New Jersey, you sin. Just by what other drivers cause you to think. Look at this idiot. Anybody who drives slower than you is an idiot. Anybody who drives faster than you is a maniac. Look at this guy. And uh, that's just how it is. So we have these thoughts that go through our head. Listen, I'm a one-person merge. All right, we're merging one at a time. Then that other guy tries to sneak in there. Get, no, 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 no. You stay out there. It's, that's why I, I hate driving the church van. It's just, it's, it's just you, you, you got to be on your best behavior in that thing. And the next van's having no name on it. I'm put Church of Satan on there or something. <laughs> Only kidding, by the way. But no name on the new church van. It's just, nobody knows who we are. It's just this way. That, that second person tries to merge in. Nope. You get back. We're all one at a time here. And we ain't going in. Now. But we confess our sins. We have fellowship with him. This is the message. Have. And he says in verse number uh, eight, nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, what a wonderful verse. I'm glad John put this in here through the Holy Spirit. That no matter my sin, no matter what I'm doing, if I confess my sin, and by the way, it's not a confession of, hey, let me get, use my get out of jail free card. By the way, if you want to, just, you, know, you know how you want to destroy a family? It's not through adultery, drunkenness, immorality, gambling, or, 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 uh, or any other vice. If you want to destroy a family, just break out the Monopoly game. And in four hours, the whole family will be destroyed, and everybody will hate each other. Uh, it's just, you know, my wife thinks that I should let her land on my property for free in that game. And if, when I make her pay, and anybody else? Anybody else? This is... Tony, any, you ever play this again? <laughs> Tony's just sitting there saying nothing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no? Either. Ronald's not even saying nothing. You know? Monopoly destroy a family every time. And so, you know, my wife and I, we would play this game early on. I, listen, I always had rules. I always make deals. Hey, I'll let you land on my property for free twice if you let me land on your property. Mom, you can't do that! So why not? It's not in the rules. Well, the rules don't say we can't do that. And so we get in this World War III. So we want to stay happy married. We don't, we don't play Monopoly. But in Monopoly, you got that get-out-of-jail-free card, amen? And you hold on to that bad boy. 
when they, when they put you in that jail. Well, my friend, the blood of Christ is not your get-out-of-jail-free card. I'm going to sin, then later on I'm going to confess it. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. See, the heart and repentance and, and genuine repentance goes with it. I'm truly sorry for what I did. Most people are sorry they got caught. They're not sorry for the act that they did. And so we, as Christians, confess our sins to God, and he tells us that our, his blood does what? It, it cleanses us from all unrighteousness. My friend, when God, when I say, God, please forgive me for what I've done, and Jesus taught to his disciples. Remember the night he was uh, in, the, in the Last Supper, he met with them and he washed their feet. And the purpose of that washing their feet was saying, because guys, you're going to walk through this world and you're going you're gonna to get dirty. And it's important that you keep your feet clean. But he wasn't speaking physically, he was speaking spiritually. You're going to walk through this sinful world and you're going to pick up things and you're gonna, just going to get dirty from this world. And so you've got to wash yourselves on a daily basis. And that washing is the confession of sin. God, please forgive me. It's washing through the blood of Christ that we have this restored fellowship. And if anybody says they have never sinned, you're making God a liar. No, I've sinned. I, I've messed up. I do wrong. And so, God, I want my fellowship. That's why it's important that when you pray, always start out, now, Lord, uh, please, forgive me of my sins. And by the way, don't you commit your sins in, in retail. Don't confess them in wholesale. You say, what does that mean? Well, every, all day long you spent your day doing your sin one at a time. Then at night, God, forgive me for everything I've done. Like what? That's when it comes down to And by the way, don't let it go long. Keep short accounts with God. Amen. Keep short accounts. Just, God, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. By the way, I don't like doing that because it reminds you just how bad you are. And how good he is, by the way. Because the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. All sin. So John, in this opening chapter, introduces us to the Savior. He reminds us who he is and, and, and how he's God and the fellowship that we have with him. So this is important to remember. It's who God is and our fellowship. And how we maintain this fellowship. And I always want to maintain the fellowship. Every married couple needs to maintain their marriage relationship. There's a book I read years ago, How to Keep the Honey in the Honeymoon. And too often we, we lose that glow uh, of our, of our, in our married life that this is my, the one I love, the one that I love so much that I, I put a ring on her finger so that nobody else could have her. And so I, I'm taking her so, and she belongs. And how do I maintain my relationship with her? How do I maintain my relationship with my husband? Things change, it's, and, 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 and that, that glow of first dating does fade, but we, our love should grow stronger and deeper for one another. You know, oh, she's calling me, yay! Oh, she's calling me again, now what? You know, no, <laughs> no, it's a, my wife is calling me. What is, and this is, this is the one I tell everybody. If I'm in a meeting, I'm talking to somebody, I, I won't answer the phone except for one person when the president calls. Not him, but her. And yes, sweetheart, what's wrong? What's going on? And that's the phone call I answer. Is everything okay? And she'll let me know what's going on. Or Can you talk? No, I'm in a, something important right now. I'll call you back. But that's the one I'll stop for. Because I want to maintain my fellowship with my wife. Amen. Even the kids are enjoying it. Let's stand for prayer this morning.
Our Father in heaven, we do thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for Christ who loved us and died on Calvary's cross. Now, Lord, bless this time, this invitation, we pray in Jesus' name.